What do you got uh, there? Is that a Yeti thing? Yeah, I got. I thought. What do you got there? I got COVID. Um, Yeti. Nice. My dad is obsessed with the Yeti. He won't. Every time I talk to him, they talk about the Yeti. Oh, put hot drinks in there. Six hours later, still hot. Cold drinks. It is actually amazing how long they last. He's right. Uh, it's a good product. I gave probably half dozen of them out for Christmas gifts this year. Really? Um, yeah, I must like be still, teachers, uh, doctors, everybody that uh, you know I d- deal with at, at any point get like a personalized color. What's it like dealing with having, being around, surrounded by people that you know are way smarter than you? But used to it over <laughs> over the years. Will it? Can it? But it can help. But it's like association, right? So you're in there and you're like, yes, yes, that's that's correct, correct. You got a pipe. What's you're funny is doctor doctors, now? my wife. I try to tell her, I'm like. You got to understand from perspective of a patient, like to you, when you talk like that, it makes sense. But to me, it doesn't make any sense. Like you're just saying a bunch of words. I don't know what they mean. You need to literally dumb it down for me, like make it so basic. And then when it sounds like it's you're teaching a two year old kid, then I am understanding. <laughs> I think they, their brains just operate totally different. But at the same, you know, I. Totally put every all the Christmas decorations away, clean the whole house, everything was away, and then she was home for thirty minutes, and I was, and then I was like, "So Christmas is gone," and she was like, "The tree too," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's all gone." Did you it's notice? <laughs> but it's that's over. the thing: the brains operate on different levels. Like they, you know, those kinds of things can just like totally go under the radar. But like, it's all the particular. Uh, the stuff that my brain just cannot right. process. It's the it's the uh, it's the nomenclature, you know, Dave. It's the <laughs> it's the nomenclature that us laymen. I like the word layman. I love it. Us laymen uh, <laughs> do not understand. It's we are used to the the local colloquialisms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't understand what you're saying either. <laughs> you know, it's like the slang. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love the word layman because we're all layman. That's why like people always nowadays too, with everything that's going on with politics and with, you know, the pandemic stuff, everyone's smarter than doctors and scientists. All of a sudden you talk to someone's like, actually right. what it is. I'm like, look, we're all layman. We're all, we're all, we all, send my wife, all the we're memes all that, are, <laughs> that are like people uh, just like searching Google as their, as their research right. as, as for medical research. And she loves it. Oh, they do it in front of her. Do they? Ever, did she ever have people come in like off WebMD or something? Actually, I, I oh read yeah, I'm sure all the time. Yeah, of course. And she's like, hmm, that's well, good. Seems that's like good. you. You seems like you can do this by yourself. I'll just take off. <laughs> <laughs> so do we talk? Uh, that it, do we talk? Because this is going to air. I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, it's the 2020s over. This is it. Yeah, it's ending. It's just about over. It's exciting. I'm uh, I'm going to get a dog tomorrow. Getting a puppy. Oh my god! Have you named your puppy yet? I think my son named it Sunny. Named her Sunny because he's obsessed with planets and the sun. So when we went and picked out the dog, she had a yellow collar, and that was it. He was like Sunny. I so like that. I, That's a great name. Yeah. You know, is, it, is it a, is it a uh, yellow lab? Is it a golden retriever? <laughs> it is a golden retriever. Yeah. So it's going to be a good, it's a good name. Son sounds smart. Your son sounds like he already has the the doctor nomenclature well when you yeah. asked me about being around people smarter than me all day i just assumed you were talking about my two and four-year-old what do we know we're i tell you all the time about the stuff that he says like uh when he, he's like dad how do you spell nebula it's a another word for a cloud of gust dust and gas particles <laughs> is there, did your kids ever like say something that blows your mind or yeah, like, every day it's hilarious <sighs> Wow, I I don't know how you already smaller than me. I seriously tell him all the time. I'm like, I don't know. And you know what we do? He's like, he'll say, can you ask Siri? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, let's ask Siri if we can figure out what other dwarf planets there are. Sure, let's go find out. The internet is so good these days because kids actually can learn so much. But adults, on the other hand, we've somehow gotten dumber from the internet. (laughs) It's so true. It's like, I don't know how to use it. You can learn. And it's like, nah, nah, nah. I'm just going to 
just look at terrible memes, which is what he, he comes up to me. How many dwarf planets are there in the universe? And I'm like, well, son, there's just no way we'll ever know. He's like, hey, Siri, how many dwarf planets are there in the universe? <laughs> there's five. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's the difference. Wow, well, I like how your kid asked you first. And when you said your answer, your kid was like, hmm. Mm, okay. I don't believe you. I'm going to go to the other, the smarter I think he just person. Does that to be polite. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> hey, Dad, uh, what's two plus two? It's four. Siri, what's two plus two? It's four. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Dad, you're actually right for a change. <laughs> you got one. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. Well, touring. We have some. We have some updates. We the update is that there's no update. Yeah, the update is touring. It's a, it's an interesting topic to talk to discuss because we've we have friends that are in bands that that are that are touring that are doing shows, but uh, everyone's everyone's situation is different. Like mm-hmm. ours is tough because like financially, like we, we, every time we do a show, it costs a gazillion dollars because we have everyone from different, different guys and yeah, just, there's production and stuff, so we we can't just go do one or two shows and then fly home. It would, it, we wouldn't, especially if like these places have like cut down sizes, you know, they're doing uh, and they want to right capacities. now too, which is funny. It's a dangerous time because they can literally like send some kind of weird offer to us right now. And we're just like, Oh, you mean we could be playing a show? We could be putting yeah. put a show on the books. Mm, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> it's and for I'm free. Just like, uh, and we're like, oh, okay, it's not a good idea, but hmm, we could be playing. Yeah, ah, it's so tough. tough. It's funny too because I'm always like, oh, we'll be, we'll be playing by this time, hundred percent, guys. And it's like silence. Everyone's like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll be back out there by April. We'll be back. Oh yeah, we'll be. And then it just keeps being moved, pushed back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm optimistic. just trying to be optimistic. <laughs> it's good to be optimistic right now. I think it's. Uh, I, st- I still talk about touring just because it makes me happy. It makes me feel like uh, that's where I am. I talk about touring. It's like if I live an opposite life where I'm like 9 p.m. comes right now and I'm like bedtime and then I'm up at 5 a.m. And then we go on tour and I'm in bed at 3 a.m. and awake at 1 p.m. the next day. Something, yeah. And- maybe not that late, but it's just like it's it flip flops. You know, you get you go on tour and for me, all of my responsibility goes away and I just get to be a kid again. So I guess yeah. it. And we are like, and the older I get, I, I appreciate it more and more. Like when we started, I did not appreciate like what we had. I was miserable on the road. Like I just couldn't ad- adapt. Like, m- like me and you both, we, we lived like at home still. I lived with my dad and you lived up the street. And I heard your house is for sale, by the way. Did it sell? Your old, your old childhood um, home? How are they going to tear it down? I heard it's worth like a million dollars or something. And I'm like, what? I think it's just... It's going just, on. It's the location. It's just the it's, location now. It's heritage. And so they're turning into a heritage house because you... That's awesome. <laughs> they should ch- turn 112th or 72nd into Theory of a Dead Man Lane. They should. <laughs> Dead Man Lane. It just doesn't sound good. Uh, it doesn't really roll good. off. It just sounds it's like something good. out of a Sherlock Holmes mystery. This is we're gonna change this. Yeah. I don't Where were you going on this before we go, went off on the house tangent? You were talking about you were talking about something. I don't know. We were gonna name our our podcast tangents. Remember? I know. This I, thought, what I, still a, I still think that's. I still think it's what we do. Oh God! I don't remember talking about your house. Oh, I was talking about it was hard to adapt on the road because right. like Dean, Dean grew, grew up and then he moved out like immediately right out of high school and he moved into the full on bachelor or the, you know, the, the frat, pretty much like a frat house there, him and three right. other dudes lived in a mass house and they had the full, like you go in the kitchen, had the beer can wall. Oh, I went to many parties at Dean's, oh, yeah. uh, Dean's house. I don't think they liked my me and my buddies coming around as much because we were a little. You're younger. We're younger. We we're a little more. Uh, plus, I mean, you know, they respected each other's house and stuff. Like, and I think we just came and like Shane would yeah. be puking in the chip bowl or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> something would be going on. Yeah, yeah. Some good parties there. A lot of experimenting went on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so Dean went from that to touring. So he was just like, yeah, I live. It's the same. 
for me and you, like it was a bit of a culture shock just being being around people all the time. It was just like it was well, weird. I could not adapt well. your bunk. And I, I mean, you remember my bunk used to I used to literally turn my bunk into a livable <laughs> domicile. Like it, I could stay there for a week. I you had Christmas up, lights in there. I had some lights. I would set up a Xbox or PlayStation or something so that I could watch movies and play games. And it would get like a thousand degrees in there because those those machines would run so hot. But uh, yeah, that because that was like that was your space, right? You went from like feeling like you used to be able to have space to all of a sudden living in a tiny little container where Coffin. you were always around people. And I liked having the bunk just because it was like the one place I could go close my curtain and be have my own place. Yeah, we joked like we were going to get you like a doorbell. Yep. We were like, we should get David doorbell. doorbell? Like, yep. Yeah, see if he's in there. But that was like, that was always like, where's Dave? Uh, he, he's probably in his bunk. That was just like, where's Dave? And then now like I'll wake up and I'll look over and your, your bunk will be open and you'll have like, now you're like full on like OCD. You have like stuff lined up on your bunk, like your phone socks. Everything's lined up perfectly. Yeah, (laughs) and I don't know where you are. You're out there somewhere. Yeah, you get into a routine, right? Where you just like things start to be very routine. You want to wake up and get to your things, and so yeah. yeah. And plus, you know, when you're living in a moving vehicle, it's not like you have a bathroom where your toothbrush is, and you have to keep everything your little setup. And you go in there and uh, open travel bag. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a little tricky. Tricky at times. Now I appreciate it so much more. Like, like you said, there's, it's our lives are really on the road are ridiculous. There is no responsibility. Yeah, like none. I remember I got like, and the thing is, like, no matter where you are, you always have to find something to complain about, no matter how small and silly it is. I remember I got caught. I was on the phone with a friend once, chatting about something, and still to this day she bugs me about it. But I went into catering or something, and they were. I went in there and they're out of bacon and I was pissed. I was like, are they out of bacon? Where's the bacon? Who ate all the bacon? And she's like, oh my God, yeah. Mr. Rockstar needs his bacon. <laughs> and after that, I was like, so embarrassed. I was like, yeah, it's pretty lame. <laughs> well, it's all relative. You know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be complacent. You know, everybody wants to, <laughs> you know, if you, if you wake up and you, you want to complain about something, you know, you'll find it, you'll find it. Yeah, so it's about being on the level. I mean, that's, I mean, that's because uh, yeah. As soon as we got on the road, I mean, we immediately were touring with bands that we, yeah, we were listening you know, to. We do play radio. festivals, and you know, immediately we're on on festivals with major bands, and we had, we did some shows. Like we immediately got slotted with, uh, and we were you know, our first record was pretty heavy. It was right. more of like a southern rock dirge kind of heavy. You know, it was yeah. too narrow, too down to B drop B. But we were on, we were playing shows with like Disturbed and Corn and stuff. And it was in Florida or something. We did oh, that yeah. one show where the Vanilla Ice caught on it, came on our bus by mistake. Yep. And then we we're like, whoa. And then just, he just hung out and took a picture with his stuff. And he, he was looking for someone else's bus, but he just ro- walked right on our bus. But that was the one, that was the one where like, wasn't some of the dudes just flipping us off the whole time? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> but There's it's hard to get used to right it's like there's quite a few shows in the beginning especially if you're a band that no one knows like we did some shows opening for seven dust that's a band yeah. that like by the way is a phenomenal band they're great guys and we had a great time but their fans they don't care about us they don't care no. about the opener and getting people whipping shit at me and stuff, I, and it was tough. I, I, I think fondly <laughs> upon that time, like as as like us really paying our dues, uh, touring because we've, you know, it, it was we we did play in front of like as a band that's not an overtly heavy band playing in front of heavy metal fans is tough. And we, I mean, everything we did in Europe was like that. It was all metal stuff, and we were always on the metal stages. And mud it vein. Was, yeah, and some of that stuff was tough. It, yeah, we were literally playing shows where people were yelling mud vein murder dolls and stuff like that between yeah. songs. And we're like, oh, God, are we going to survive this show? 30 minutes set? <laughs> this it's one's called Make Up Your Mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we're just like, oh, man, it was, some shows were tough to get through because yeah. <laughs> we were just on stage. And, you know, we were just literally like we had one or two crew guys. We were just up there. We're like, you guys ready for a kick ass rock show? And, you know. 
We try to be in that back when like Benjamin show that we played in in Detroit uh, at Harpos and uh, yeah, they, right before the show uh, or something. Breaking Benjamin they, they canceled or something happened, something and then happened. they asked if we still wanted to play the show and us headline. And of course we did, and it was an awesome show. I remember it being an awesome show, but there was that one guy that kept looking at me, and he was like doing this, yeah, doing the and doing the and cut your throat like, thing. Yeah, like hey, after the set, we're going to be we're going to be signing. <laughs> and of course, during the set, he's doing that, and I'm like chucking picks at him, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and then you're doing course, the. <laughs> I realized. So wait good. a minute, like, I got to go out here after it. In oh, this is not good. But thanks, Ty. I'm up there like we're going to meet every single one of you after the show. We're coming down there. And you're Dave. You're like no, 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 no. Not tonight. Not tonight. Let's cut that. Let's cut it. Yeah, so yeah. Good. we paid our dues. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like we, are, yeah, we usually were always the lightest band on the bill, and nowadays we're uh, we're okay with that because it wasn't long after that that once we started doing our own headline shows, and we had some more ballads, we started noticing like a lot more women were coming to the show, front row, singing, and we're excited, and we're like, hmm, hmm. what do light bulb. A light bulb went up. Bing. Hmm. Yeah. So for us, yeah, it was less about the the guys with their shirts off moshing. What's uh, funny, though, is that, uh, like you said, with the festivals, it was so easy to kind of be friends with other bands because it kind of felt like they were the kind of guys I was friends with back home, which was all band guys and stuff anyway. So, you know, like getting on tour and, and meeting other bands, it always has seemed very easy because it's just they're the same kinds of people. They all just do and they're usually the nicest guys too. Like it's you know the singer from Five Finger. Like he would just come come on our bus, yeah. hang out, hang out. Yeah, um, exactly. uh, bass player for Godsmack, Robbie. Oh, he, just, he just wanted to come play hockey. He wanted to play EA yeah. NHL yeah. twenty twelve. I don't know what year we were playing. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it was two. That was well. That was two thousand eight or nine or something. Well, okay. Yeah, so he would come. He wanted yeah. moonshine. Want to come? Uh, play hockey it was which i loved <laughs> yeah he was coming about almost every day and they'd just be like what's up guys robbie yeah, yeah <laughs> great. i think they're a were they boston you'd always had he i think he had a boston jersey he's a big <clears> hockey but uh great guy and then and same with like remember we had that one badass bus that one festival it was an orange bus and the bay doors came up and had two uh, flat screen tvs is, in it yeah. and we yeah, were we were, and we, at all the we were a hit and then we yeah. would just sit out there with a long chairs. Yeah, that Mastodon singer came over or something. and He came up to me and he goes, I dare you to smoke a joint with me. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> dare accepted. That's uh, it. Yeah, that's what we got to do. We got to get that bus back. Or get a bus yeah. with the, the flat screen TVs in it. Because it's a hit. You're right. People are like, wait a minute. Makes you this popular. Guys, these guys are watching the game, the football game on the, let's go. Who is it? Third day, man. Yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, uh, our guest is um, he's uh, an insanely amazing rapper. He's a musician. He sings as well. He's a great singer too. But uh, it brings up like, Dave, were you ever into rap at all? Did you ever have a rap stage in your life like I did? Yeah, but I, it's it was like uh. <clears throat> MC Hammer style rap, you know, like Dave, it was. That's not, not, not what didn't really count. Didn't really count. Young, yeah, were you into Snap? And like, <laughs> no, I don't know what that young was. M Snap is. Uh, I got the power, and you okay, don't yeah. want that. Yeah. I will okay. attack. Young MC, Fresh Isn't Prince. Nice. That's all yeah, the hardcore stuff. I mean, I, I knew some Fresh Prince. I liked all his uh, his stuff. Was it was right up my alley because he didn't swear. Yeah. I was into like Public Enemy. I got into like the gangster rap, NWA, Easy. I remember listening to I think straight out of Compton in my house once. My mom flipped. Oh my god! I mean, it didn't take long <laughs> when she realized what NWA stood for. That I was not it. happening in our house. Yeah, but I got into that rap a little bit. Well, wasn't um, your first show? What was your first show? You went to a rap show. Ice tea. First show I ever went to is iced tea. Like a punch in the great. face. That's good. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, because I remember like before we went in, there was like these, you know, those uh, guys that sell stuff on the street. 
right. waiting in line. And these guys were selling, yeah, they're bootlegger guys, and they were selling, um, back then it was all about like Africa Islam. They had the Africa Islam symbol. It was like Africa with the colors. And like, you know, uh, I remember a lot of these rappers were wearing them to represent, you know, and so we thought that was cool. So these guys right. were selling them. So a couple of my friends bought them which, you know, these silly white right. kids. I mean, they're, and then I'm like, I'm going to get the peace symbol. So I, bought, I bought a peace symbol. And uh, yeah, uh, I remember they didn't, la- they wore them to school the next day and they almost got beat up and they had to take them off or something. I, I thought this story was leading to you getting punched in the face. So we're, we're, we're oh, no, I got punched in the face because <laughs> I, I was that. like right up front. And the opener was actually MC Everlast who ended up, before after he stopped rapping he became everlast so this was back when he was like a rapper and uh i think he was on stage and he had like a handkerchief or something and he like you know they just throw everything to the crowd rappers just throw so much stuff and he threw something in the crowd his handkerchief or something and this guy caught it and i just like grabbed it and tried to grab it of course he was with like three or four of his friends and they just started like pommel i remember getting full (laughs) punch right in the face i was like 14 (laughs) <laughs> so good I'd let go of it. You learn, right? you learn not to take away anybody else's <laughs> handkerchief yeah, it was my fault but then we do like a show I remember we did a show some festival didn't you see your peace shirt <laughs> didn't you see, you didn't see your <laughs> didn't you see you were wearing the peace shirt I don't get it <laughs> no <laughs> such good times uh, so many great mistakes the show was great though I yeah, but I remember we did a, sh- a festival and it was like, we did a couple shows that had rappers on it. We did one show and it was like, it was a weird lineup. It was somewhere down the south and it was Leonard Skinner was closing, oh, yeah. but like LO Cool J went on before Leonard Skinner and he like was throwing money into the audience and then he took his watch off and threw it in the audience. And I was like, it's crazy. I don't, I, I kind of wish I was in the audience. It probably was yeah. a nice watch. Now I know why people are going to these shows. But we did that one festival, I, I, same thing. I can't remember who headlined it, but it was, uh, you remember it because there was. I think it was Alice rap- and Chains. It was Alice and Chains. You, yeah. you already know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And there was some rapper, I think it was Akon. That's it. And we were backstage and he had a bunch of these bodyguards with him. And we walked past, we were just minor business and didn't one of the bodyguards give you a huge shoulder? or something <laughs> i don't was it me i don't recall that but uh i thought it was you and me and you were like what what's going on here and we were like uh, <laughs> we just walked away because <laughs> it, it was just like this weird weird vibe backstage where right. like, these guys were not they were just like bodyguards but that's the difference right with us it was just like you could go knock on any of these bands dress rooms right. and what's up and the rap thing was just like bodyguards Dave got beat up. I mean, that's how the story will go. People that's will fine. remember. <laughs> that's so fine. It's like, I got beat up by a bodyguard, uh, Paul McCartney, at that Grammy party. Him too. You know, it's the same. You got beat up by Paul McCartney? No, Paul McCartney couldn't get into that one Grammy party. Oh, that's right. Same thing. Somebody's, somebody's bodyguard wouldn't let him in. But yeah, those guys are getting Who paid. Who's this old man? Guy. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah. Bodyguards. That's a good thing to talk about at some point. But yeah, let's, uh, what do you want? Do you want to bring this guy on? Let's bring him on. Let's chat with him. I'm excited to talk to him. Hey, our guest today is a Philadelphia-born rapper and musician who debuted on the recently resurrected Atco Records with the song Leave the Light On. He can be heard all over with his new song, In My Hands, featuring Travis Barker and Clever. And also our, our new single, Strangers, please welcome 0936. Hello. What's that was happening? a great intro. That was Not good. bad? That was great. This is where you're like, actually, it's not this. It's not no, this. No, no, no. Actually, that was all good. That was great. I've been seeing an article where everybody keeps saying I'm 25 and I'm not. So that How article will be good for another two years. I'm 23. So Gosh. that They're article will be good you. for That's another BS. two years. Hmm. I don't know. Zero, nine, three, six. He's 47 years old. 40, still 40, lives with his mom. 45, still <laughs> live with my mom. Moving out soon. Thanks to the feature money from you guys. Yes, and, making yeah. the big dollars. Yeah. <laughs> She's just, but she did make lasagna tonight, so yeah. maybe, yeah. We'll, I'll, I'll stay for a little bit, but that, you right. know, once the check clears, I'm buying a house. Mom, man. Meatloaf. 
Wedding Crashers. You want some meatloaf? You want some meatloaf? So good. I haven't seen that movie in since it probably came out. Well, it's touring, right? Touring is when I watch all my Will Ferrell movies. Sounds like good Will Ferrell time. That's a and that's a that's a Will Ferrell movie, even if he's not the one of the two main actors. Oh, that's fine. He's in it, it's his movie. So your real name is uh, Matthew Cullen. It is. Who, who calls you that? Does anybody call you that? Do you not like being called that? Um, nobody calls me that. None of my friends, not my mom. Nobody calls me that. It's very strange. It's like the weirdest thing. I introduce myself as Matt to people because I feel like my artist name is like a name that's like, what are you trying to do here when you introduce yourself as that? You know what I mean? Right. Like if you met a guy and he was like, yo, what's up? Like my name's Switchblade. You'd be like, okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I so, dig it. I, I think you, you got to roll with it, man. You're, you're zero. That's it. That's yeah, I don't know. You are like, now. Seems like cocky or something. Even if it's not, it just seems like weird to introduce. I don't know. I'm. I don't know. Well, it's a good attitude yeah. to have. Yeah, but yeah. I think you know uh, you chose that because it's a it's a moniker that uh, that you want to have, and I I just think it's just. I'm sure you'll you'll probably as you you know get into it more. You'll just that's just who you'll be. Everyone yeah. will just see you a zero, and that's it. Yeah, I don't do interviews or anything. Like, I, I don't get asked to do interviews. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the people do. Like, I know, um, uh, you know, grandson. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone just calls him Jordan for the most part. Strange. Except, except for his grandparents. Except for his grandparents. Those, <laughs> those two are specifically excluded. Yeah. You know, uh, he's a uh, good Canadian kid. Oh, yeah. Shout out Canada. Never been there, yeah. but I do want to go get. Um, you know, Maddie Matheson, you know, who that is, yep. he has a, he has a meet and three up there. I'm trying to, I'm, tr- I'm trying to come up and, and, uh, and get some ribs or, or brisket. I don't know. Whatever they have. Where, where's that? Is it in Montreal or something? Uh, where's, where's that? I don't Toronto, know. Maybe. I don't know. Not, I, many, I, not very often people are trying to get up to Canada to get to get like the barbecue the ribs. Yeah, but that's my guy. I ordered, well, Poutine. my girlfriend ordered me his cast iron pan for Christmas. I won't get it oh. for another two months, but I'll get it soon. Mm. It'll come when your a Tesla arrives. Oh no! I, I got I, I, that. Thirteen months of waiting. I got I'm in trouble now. today, actually, with a cast iron pan. I had it left. I left it in the sink with water in it. Terrible. And my oh. nanny, who's looking after Terrible. the kids, she's like, she's like, I, I pulled that cast iron uh, pan out, and I and I got the water out. The water is the death of a cast iron. Pan. Oh I'm yeah, like, absolutely. Ah, sorry, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm so embarrassed. So, right? She's. It's like I'm a, I'm from the south. We know how to take care of cast iron. I don't know if you know how to do it there in Canada. It doesn't uh, seem like I, you know. I probably I would, don't. Yeah, you can't leave can't leave water, and you can't wash it with soap either. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, it's not water. It's soapy water. That's don't even worry. worse. <laughs> even worse. <laughs> the the meat in three is in is in Ontario, by the way. I don't know where you guys okay. are. It's in Fort Erie. Okay. And Tyler and I, we both have uh, left Canada, so Ty is in LA. Oh. Okay. I'm in I'm in Tennessee. I'm down down south now. So that's this is where the barbecue is at. There's meat and three. My neighbors make meat and three uh, pretty much every weekend. Oh wow! Well, I was just meat, in meat uh, Tennessee not too long ago, and I was not invited. So it's cool. Oh. Well, now you know I'm here. Now you know I'm now here. I know now I know where to get the meat and three closer. And <laughs> you know, and Dave found out now that he lives in the south that. You know, from Canada or maybe up in, uh, you know, maybe even in Philly, like barbecue in Canada is the the apparatus you use to cook stuff on the barbecue. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna barbecue. I'm gonna barbecue some burgers. Anybody? Yeah. That? But in the South, barbecue is the food. You it cook is. it on a grill. Yeah, right? yeah, you cook it on a grill. That's here too. I don't think any. I I think people say we're going to barbecue like as a activity, but right. I, I don't think anybody says, "Hey, throw some." ribs on the barbecue you know what i mean yeah right says it's that. so canadian yeah. it's totally canadian you start <laughs> to realize it when you hear it when you start to hear the things you're like yeah and actually that is canadian it's you pretty know? strange too that's a pretty uh i'm getting good though now just throwing out the grill word i'm like hey we're grilling out yeah grilling that's out good. tonight it's good to me <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a lot of canadianisms that i've i've lost over the years like like they don't say bank machine in the states. Hell they go no. to a gas station. Like you guys have a bank machine. They're like, what? An ATM. Oh. Yeah, an ATM. Yeah. Parking garage. They call it a parkade. Parkade in Canada. Uh, parkade. No. Yeah. No. But my favorite is the uh, garbage disposal. They call it. Oh, right. it's, the, it's the it's the Terminator of 
garbage. It's the garburator. <laughs> you know what they call it? In Canada, yeah. you, you get a oh, garburator. No. It's, I mean, it sounds way better. And I don't like Parkade because it's, it's too close to Arcade and there's a lot less fun at the Parkade. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I think that's too close for two complete opposites, but. Parkade, yeah, I don't know how do. many. I was going to say, I don't know how many arcades have homeless people and smells yeah, like this. And, yeah, and, <laughs> and less than one arcade machine. Hey, when I was young, we couldn't do the arcade or the parquet. We did parks and ditches, which was literally what we used to call hanging out because we were too young to drink legally anywhere. So we did parks and ditches. Somebody's, somebody's older brother or older sister would buy us alcohol, and then we just hit the streets. You said house very Canadian, like yeah. I still yeah. have my Canadian yeah. people. People down here, they in in, and I'm like in Chattanooga. I'm right on the the Georgia border here. They know instantaneously when I talk yeah. to anybody here. That almost the first question is, "So where are you from?" Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not <laughs> yeah. fooling anybody. Where are you from? I'm like, yeah. ah, I'm I'm from just grilling out back. Nah, <laughs> you know what? I don't think it's gonna work. I just came from the parkade, my man. <laughs> just took some cash out of the bank machine, and they're like, "You are from Canada." Yeah, figured it out. Yeah, oh, not, man. yeah. not fooling so speaking anybody. Of, speaking of Canada, like, have you you haven't been up there, but have you done a lot of touring at all? No, I've done a very minimal amount, uh, less than reputable amount, uh, whatever the smallest amount you can do is. I've done that. Uh, Wait, so you're ready to get on the road then and do some more touring? Basically. I was about to do a tour, and then uh, then I was not about to because of the the COVID. Um, and I have a few lined up for when this thing's over. So I'm hoping. Uh, thing is, what, what does your tour out. production look like? Like, do you bring? Do you have a full band? Do you yeah. do? Yeah, you yeah. got it. So you yeah, got. Yeah, like... I have a keyboard player, a drummer, a guitar player, um, and we do. My my keyboard player runs a lot of tracks. Um, we have like a we have like a rig. It just it's really it's, yeah cool because we we do a lot of things that are kind of not uh, possible to play in our right. music. You know what I mean? So, um, but but like my drummer has a like an electronic drum pad as well as the live. So he switches back and forth so that there's a little more uh, that we can do like all the trap shit on that and then switch. Right. Um, dynamic. Yeah, you know. But we've only done a few. So hopefully we'll be able to use all the shit we bought soon. Yeah, nice. it's been a it's been a weird uh, year just not being able to tour. It's one one of those things that uh, I don't think that I could would have been able to process if somebody told me, "Hey, take the next year off of touring." I, I'd have been like, "Nah, it's just not how you do it. That's just <laughs> not how we do it." <laughs> but uh, so it's it's going to be more than a year for us. Uh, from we played our last show February 29th, which is weird to me because it's literally a leap year, right? Like we we actually played on the 29th of February and then flew home on March 1st. Yeah, very lucky. At least you played up until then. I know a lot of people who were, uh, who didn't tour this year. And then right. a lot of people who, um, my, I was talking to my friend, uh, Jordan from Hollywood undead. And he was telling us that they were in the middle of their like European tour, not even like Oof. the middle, like the part that they like had to get through before they can do like the big shows. And then right. that day before the big shows hit, they had to get sent home. So Ugh. that shit sucks. Yeah, we had this really exciting summer planned. We were really looking forward to this uh, Breaking Benjamin tour that we were going to go on and amphitheaters. And uh, it was just like we hadn't done a tour like that in a while. And I was like starting to think about Crew Fest when we did Crew Fest and we used to play those outdoor summer. Oh, it's just like the most memorable, joyous time. Yes. So many fun shows. I just, and just to cancel, it was, you know, to fly home in March and then cancel spring tour and then yeah. go, well, cancel yeah, summer. Oh. I know like the the day that everything got canceled, they were like, hey, we're going to cancel the first week of the tour. And we were like, okay, that sucks. And then it was like, hey, we're going to have to cancel the second one. And then it was like, hey, the shows are back on, but they're like 50 caps max. Ugh. I was like, yeah. okay, whatever. Like, I don't care. And then it was eventually like, okay, it's not going to happen. And then I had to cancel all three of the festivals I got booked for, which have been sick. But... I was doing one with Slipknot, so kind of hurts my heart a little bit. Yeah. But hopefully next year. Ho- well, probably not next year, let's be honest. Oh, I know. It's, yeah. it's almost depressing thinking about it, but... It's like, it's like, uh, it's like someone asks me, like, what do we do for a living? It's like, musician just seems so gross, but I, I like to say, like, professional traveler. They, what do you do for yeah, a living? I travel. 
That's better. Today they were like, um, when I was picking up my car, they were like, "Hey, so what's your um, schedule like?" And I was like, "Dude, I don't fucking wide open, man. I don't know. I don't have anything to do." And he was like, "Oh, okay." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> I don't yeah. like. I don't know what the. He didn't ask me what I did. He just asked me what my schedule's like, and I didn't. It's not. It's not a schedule. Yeah. There's, there's no schedule. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah. What's your schedule like? It's wiped clean, man. It's yeah. It's, it's wiped empty. Clean. Well, it's weird because, like, uh, and I, Dave, you've told me stories before as well. Like when, like, if I like, I like playing golf, and I'll golf with whoever. I'll go golf by myself, and I get paired up with some c- couple of old dudes, uh-huh. and they always want to know what you do. So, Tyler, uh, what do you do? And I just usually make stuff up because I just don't like getting into it. I'm yeah, like, ah, so I'm retired. I usually say I'm retired. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Must be nice. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Yeah. Or I'll go get my hair cut. And they're like, so Tyler, what's your social security number? You know, they want to know everything. <laughs> what's your, what's your pin number? Like, seriously, they want to know. And I sometimes I'd be like, oh, I'm a musician. Oh, I told one lady by mistake and she played me like her full. She went on Spotify and played me all of her songs while we got oh. my haircut. And it was, all yeah, eight, it was really good. Your, yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's just her yeah. songs or your songs. No, it was her songs. Yeah. Because she was worse if she's singer. like, oh, let's check out. Let's see who oh. you are. Okay. Oh, let's she turn did. it on. Let's yeah. crank it up. She did. She went and found RX and cranked it up in the barber. And I'm like, it's for me. I'm like, no. So now I just lie. I hate that. I'm in the FBI or something. I tell people that. I I, so I, I, I try my best not to tell people. It's better now that I'm like, do this kind of music. Because before, they were like, oh, what do you do? And it's like, well, I just rap. And they're like, oh. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get out of here now. Yeah. But, silence. You know, ah. Like, all right, I'm just going to. Now so is, the, least- is the singing kind of new for you then, or you were were you just just rapping before? Because you that's something that really caught my attention on Strangers was the, a lot of the singing stuff you did kind of after the rap verse, and I love that stuff. I, th- I think oh, uh, I think you got a really great singing voice too. Was that not something that you used to do when you were first starting out? It, well, so I I never knew what like tuners were before. So like when I was like, I started recording music when I was like 11 or 10 or something, I, my oh. details get lost and I change it every time. So now I try and do broader things. You're, and, uh, you're six. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was between six and 16. I started recording music and I didn't know uh, like the, like a tuner. So I would try to sing and I'd be like, oh man, like this is terrible. I, this is awful. And then I got with the producer that I, that I still make all my stuff with, um, Andrew, no love for the middle child. We do everything together. And when I, we started working together when I was 18, 17, 18-ish, it's between 15 and 20, um, we started working together and uh, he was like, this is how you sing with the tuner. You can hear it in your, you know, live. So then I started to do it more and he would kind of coach me a little bit. It wasn't that great. But um, I have done singing hooks for like the last five years. So, but then I, I that's about it though for the... For the majority of the singing well, career it's funny you mentioned no love for the middle child i was just talking to ty before you got on and i because i you know i just sort of through you being connected to the song i you know went and checked out your stuff and i love it for me I, that's i love that i love like new branches of music uh, that i can go and climb out on and try to sort of ex- just discover new stuff and and i love a lot of uh i'm a big fan of youth movement i love hearing you know what what younger people are doing i heard you're you're like 35 now but uh, yeah i'm like yeah uh, turning to <laughs> <every week. laughs> I, I went and checked out no love and i really think he reminds me of tyler because He's like, it shows him. There's a clip of him playing guitar, and he's shredding up and down the neck, and then he's playing yeah. the drums, and he's shredding on the drums all over. And yeah. I'm like, this guy can just play everything, and he's tracks everything and sings everything. He's, yeah, he he seems well. like one of those guys who's uh, he's got the talent down to be able to to track everything and get it get it all going. So, what part reminds you of, of me? I, I think that uh, you said he's handsome. You said handsome. He's got great hair. Yeah, that's what reminds me of you. Um, for the most part. No, he's great. Um, he, he produces everything that I have out. Um, I work with a few other producers on shit, like just collaborative. Um, but he, for the most part, it's just me and him kind of making our stuff together. Um, is he from there one, too? Is he, are you guys both from the same town? Or? Yeah, we, we met um, at like a show in Philly. So yeah, cool. we, uh, yeah, we've been working together and then we moved in together last year in LA. And then I think he's going to go back before me. So I think he's going to move in 
but I don't like I don't need to be out there right now. It's terrible right. out there. It's awful. Yeah. Um. So I'm just gonna stay over here for a little bit. TLA Electric Factory yeah. is it Electric yeah. Factory. It's a well, the Electric Factory is the bigger one. The TLA is the smaller one. And do they still yeah. have the Philadelphia Music Conference in Philadelphia? Um, they, I think <laughs> oh, they do. Yeah. Do you remember that, Ty? So oh, I like yeah, my yeah. my band before I was playing in theory. Uh, we we sent out our demos like all over the country and got accepted to play the Philadelphia music conference. Okay. So we booked We booked a show and Tyler, your band opened the show was one of the bands that played the show and we just raised money. Was and it then theory? We actually, no, this was, no. it wasn't theory, but some of the songs were fr- from the original yeah. demos that the, got signed. Yep. Yeah. Point to prove was, uh, was one of the, I think I probably played that there. This was, what year was this? Oh, late nineties, like late nineties. Yeah. Late nineties, and the, and we drove uh, me and my my other band. We we rented a car and we drove to Philadelphia to play the Philadelphia Music Conference. And I still think of that as like my inaugural touring. <laughs> it's like a four the four four guys just like in, in a minivan packed full of gear driving from Vancouver to Philadelphia in January. It was wow. a terrible, crazy, crazy nightmare of a of a three week period. That's yeah. That's and it's probably snowing. I'm assuming. Yeah, there was a ton of snow, yeah. but the the Philadelphia Music Conference, that whole experience was awesome and it was kind of like what you when you're a young young band, you know, for us it was cool just to meet other people, other bands, bands came up from Florida to play and it was just like seemed like another world to to me at the time. Did you guys meet there? No, I met I mean I know I knew Tyler uh and uh all these guys just from the local scene just outside of Vancouver, you know, it's the same kind of thing, like how you meet guys at shows in your local hood, you know, it's a small music scene that, uh, I remember when my band broke up that did the Philadelphia music conference, it was like a week later I called Tyler and I was like, <laughs> uh, I got no band. I need a jam. Yeah. Like, jamming on Wednesday, bring beers. <laughs> it's literally That's right. how the conversation went. And I had to figure yeah. out how to bring, uh, 24 beers on my, on my bicycle. Sounds Canadian. That's right. He did, yeah, he did ride his. He rode his bike over to my house. But you know, it's interesting is that you okay. went on this. You With went on that trip. Too? What's that? With your instruments too? Like you <laughs> brought twenty? Oh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, how did you manage all of that? Anyway, go ahead. My Marshall well, stack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I was going to say, you, didn't you get in a big car accident or something, and someone hit their head and got a concussion? Oh yeah, and that yeah, we had to change vans in, like three days into the tour because we we drove we went to you know Calgary we partied all night and played a show and like just partied and then we drove in the morning so we didn't go to sleep and so I, I took the first shift of driving and we did like two man driving we drove for like six hours and then we swapped drivers to the people that had been sleeping all morning mm-hmm. and they crashed like thirty minutes into their shift oh, amazing yeah and then Mike our bass player had a uh, he hit his head on like the arm of the door and got all concussed and then we had to go take him to the hospital it was a full full thing man it was a full thing road to philly road to philly yeah, we yeah. Yeah. And yeah. We hardened you guys up and then when you got back you're like all right yeah. we'll break up we quit yeah. broke up we, we can't be banned <laughs> i hate you all that's how you learn that's how you learn if you can if you can survive on the road together there yeah. it is because yeah. you yeah, literally dude. have nowhere to go so yeah, you well, have learn. Zero, you have that to look forward to. You really, I mean, you find out pretty quick, like who you can spend 24 hours a day with. Uh, we were lucky because it could, we, I mean, there were some crew guys that were a little weird over the years. Yeah. Now you we got were lucky guys, that you probably get the two buses. I, I was, uh, I know like the I prevail guys had the, you know, their own band bus and their own crew bus. And that's probably nice. Yeah, you can. It gets expensive, but yeah, you can do crew and crew and uh, band bus. Um, I can't, but some people can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were lucky. We 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 started in the days where people were still buying records and I, labels were spending money. I feel like um, <laughs> I feel like the the streaming shit kind of sucks because like it's hard when you're putting out like a full project because you can't put all the best shit on there because you know whatever the 10th song is, is not going to get streamed well. And it's yeah. like, we can't throw it away. And then it's like, well, it's too good to be track 10, but it's not as good as the other songs. But if it was on a project, you'd put your whole best foot forward, which I kind of wish that's how shit was still. 
Like I wish people were, but, but then I'm like, do I really, as a consumer want that? Probably not. It's weird. So, yeah. It feels like the music business is doing this shift right now where the, it was going, you know, but it feels like it's coming back actually. Cause I think you think like back to like the sixties where it was a singles market yeah. and it was like, you know, somebody would record a song and they'd have a B side and it was like, they would release that and tour it. It seems like it's almost kind of, it went to these long players, you know, eight, 10 songs, 12 songs. And now it's going back, right? The consumers, I think, uh, they don't necessarily want to buy 12 songs anymore. Some do, but it seems like Most the majority people of people that are listening to music, they just want to go and absorb, you know, three minutes of you and then maybe even absorb that same three minutes over again. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I mean, for the, for the most part, I think now 10 songs is long enough for an album because there's seven albums every week by an artist you like. Right. So it's yeah. like, well, not, not one singular artist with seven albums a week, just like seven albums by, you know, different artists. Yeah. Um, weekly and it's it's kind of hard to listen to a 20 track album or a 15 track album when there's yeah. seven more of those you know the same week so i don't know i get it but it's just everything is so accessible and there's so many more artists now um that it kind of yeah. sucks but it is what it is well people digest music differently now because of the ability to have access to it immediately like you said, you, I can, there's a million songs around on my phone. Yeah. Or before, like if you wanted to listen to an album, you had to literally go to the store yeah. and buy it. And so it was more of a grandiose. I mean, Thriller sold 50 million albums and Back in Black sold 50 million. Yeah. No, never going to happen. I, uh, I saw Halsey put some out, something out saying that she's like, oh, my, my album went platinum this year. One of eight albums that went platinum this year. I'm like, that's it? It's crazy because <laughs> it's so many. You need wow. so many streams to go platinum. It's like 150 streams per sale, and then it's like divided by the tracks or whatever the how whatever they do it. And um, yeah, I mean, even when I was a kid, though, I w- it was still buying records. So it was like I could either go get a hard copy and then burn it, or I could buy it on iTunes. So I would have every hard copy right. up until I was like 15, you know. So oh, it used to be a ritual, man. Like records came out on Tuesdays, you know, yeah, I had my money ready. I knew which ones were coming. I used to, oh, I just loved going to the store and look, they would let you open up any compact disc you want and listen to it right there. Yeah. I remember finding a tribute to John Lennon. It was called working class hero. And it said, uh, one of the songs was by Matt green day. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the songs was by Mad Season, and I needed to know if it was the Mad Season with Lane Staley singing. You know, I was like, I had no way to find out back then. It wasn't like I could just look on my phone. I didn't mm-hmm. have a phone, and so they just let me crack it open. And I remember listening to it and it started playing. And as soon as Lane started singing, I was like, "Stop! I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to listen to it here. I just wanted to know if that's what it was. Now I got to go. See, that's the that's the difference. Is like I had all the info online on the computer. I had everything I needed right. to know. And then I would go and buy it and then come home, burn right. it, and put it on an iPod. But because, like I said, you either had to buy the album for $10 or buy the hard copy for $10. So it was like, it's still weird to me that the digital albums weren't ever less money. They were always the same price. I don't know. I know. What's I don't know. the what's It has the nothing overhead? to do with anything, but it's. What are you overhead? <laughs> I was just going to say, play the concourse. <laughs> well, what's even crazier is that everything with. With cost of living, right? Everything has been more expensive. Gas, food, cars, houses. But the one thing that's stayed the same, it's actually become cheaper is music. It's it's because it, when we were kids, which is, you know, 100 years ago, yeah. you go like right. even buy a cassette. It was twelve ninety nine, fifteen ninety nine, nine ninety nine. And it's like now today you're like, wait a minute. I don't understand. Uh, that was like the mid nineties, early nineties. Yeah. It's the one thing is not, gone. I mean, by now it's just like, you go see a movie. It's $20 now to see a movie. When I was a kid, it was, it was two fifty Tuesdays. Yeah. That's not that, dating myself, but 15. Yeah. I never heard of it, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> uh, that it's crazy that the prices of hard copy music is still the same. That's weird. And it's weird because obviously you can stream and I can't be mad at streaming. Cause that's what let me quit my job like five years ago. Right. was was streaming you know what i mean like i would make enough money off spotify and apple music streaming and shit to be able to not work so can't really complain because i don't think i'd be selling many records 
I'm, a, I'm, well, I'm one of those people that's very like I I accept I am not like I remember I Lars fighting back with the Napster thing and it was like man there's no there's no winning this war this is like it's it's just gonna it's technology you can't stop progress knowledge yeah you can't stop it it's going to happen my only it's problem about, with it's the about streaming. figuring out how to get in bed with it and make it work <laughs> yeah my only problem with the streaming is what i said i would like to put f- my best foot forward on every single song but that's right. realistically not the best idea you know what i mean right. you can't just it's release tricky. all seven of your best songs because you have to because they can't all be singles and right you know and if i did that i wouldn't have had a single for this ep because i would have put it on the last one if it was up to me right and you know um, cause we made adrenaline like two years ago. Yeah. I love um, that song. I checked that one out. You. Uh, you know, when I first, uh, when you first were featured on our song, mm-hmm. I checked that one out, but I did a re-listen, uh, last night to a bunch of stuff. And that song is, I think my favorite of it. It's such a Thank great you. song. Thank you, dude. Yeah. And that was like the quickest song I ever wrote. So those are the ones. How it is. I know yeah. that's what they say. Um, and yeah, we made that song over two years ago at this point, it came out over two years after the recording, the initial recording. So um, I wanted it on the first EP and my manager was like, yo, it's not the time. Like we got to hold it. We can't put it out. I was like, okay. He was right. Cause now it's like a top 10 on octane. And uh, it was on the top 50 FM charts the other day for like a day, but we didn't go to radio with it yet. So hopefully when we do in uh, the next few weeks, it stays. Oh, I'm sure you're going to have some catalog here. Once you get, uh, back out on the road you know, know. you're gonna have some songs that people will have access to which yeah, is actually really great yeah and yeah. uh and f- uh the the end have you heard that one yep that was like the newest song i made as far as like to release date i made it like four weeks before we released it we we're just like yo we got to get it out i love that so that's hollywood undead uh the original one is with me and then uh oh you did the undead one yeah, yeah and then um Hollywood and Dead's manager through one of my only shows that I've done so far, uh, Rock Night Out. He does like a thing and he showcases bands. And so he did mine and we were just talking on the DMs one day and I didn't know he managed Hollywood and Dead. And I told him that was probably, that's my favorite band from when I was a kid as far as like who I've seen the most. I, I've seen them like eight times um, from between the time I was like 10 and 15. And he was like, yo, you should work with them. I was like, you're telling me. <laughs> he was like i'll let the he's like I'll, I'll send them like you have a dropbox of like unreleased stuff and so that song was like ready to come out in like six days from that point so they were like hey can we have this for our album and i was like i can't do that because it's literally coming out this week but they're like well we'd be happy to remix it and i was like let's do it so that oh, was cool sick as hell for me um and yeah i've been working with those guys a lot on just their shit and they have we wrote a song for my upcoming project which comes out in a couple weeks so so what's yeah. that like for you i was talking to tyler uh before you got on here just talking about how we, you know i played poker at jerry cantrell's house and jerry cantrell from allison chains yeah. it's like my guitar idol yeah and i just i really had to like tell myself like dude just stay on the level here stay on the level this guy doesn't want you to fanboy on him he wants you to just you know he's gonna kick you out of the house if you start <laughs> you know so i just had to remind myself just you know do you find yourself in these moments now with uh, some of these situations uh you say this is one of the bands you went and checked out a bunch of times yeah. and now here they are listening to your music and wanting it on their record that's pretty cool yeah um i don't know i think i think uh i don't know if you cut off uh-oh hold on I don't know if you're frozen or if I'm frozen, but one of us is. Can you hear me, Tag? I can hear you, yep. So we just lost him? He'll come back. Oh, there you are. Oh, we lost you, yeah. Okay, was it me? Could you hear me that whole time? No, we, no you didn't. Okay, you guys were both frozen, and then I wasn't sure if it was me or you guys. Um... What was I saying? Uh, oh, yeah. I think the the biggest thing that I've learned is like, I don't know if I'm using the word right, but like humility. Not like, you know what I'm saying? Like be a yeah. person. Like the first thing I did was I was like, hey, this is a picture of me and you when I was 10. And yeah. I showed it to him. Like that's the first. And so I was like, yo, I just want to let you know, this is fucking crazy to me. Uh, and he was like, hell yeah. That makes me really happy. So I feel like a lot of people um, kind of get it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's also, right. I think, easier because I'm because I'm younger. Like, I feel like if I was like 40, these dudes would be like, "What's up with you, man?" 
You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, and I, I think, think it's good. Cool. I, I think you're right. I think it's totally cool though, because uh, you know, you're they, I think, you know, when you start working with younger artists, uh, it, it's, it makes you, it brings you back. It makes you feel young. You get excited. The ideas are different. You guys, you know, personally, I see a lot of the young guys doing stuff and I'm like, man, this is so different than what I would have thought to do. Or, you know, it's a different perspective. Yeah. I mean, even when, uh, they reached out about doing the strangers record, I was like, hell yeah. Cause I I've listened to you guys for a while. I, I had, uh, I think I have a hard copy of one of the albums somewhere in here but um yeah so i was like hell yeah fucking let's do it so i was stoked on that and i i don't know i just think with me i try to just be up front because it'd be weird as hell if me and uh george from hollywood undead the one i have a picture with if like three years later i'm like oh by the way look at us and he'd be like why didn't you you know i don't know i think a lot but um (laughs) i think with me i I just kind of just like to be like yo bro huge fan it's fucking sick that you care to hang out with me let's get it kind of thing you know what i mean so i will will show Corey taylor the tattoo i have of him on my arm tell you that much oh he's 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 fantastic he will he's such a cool guy i have uh i i said it in the octane interview it took like 23 hours or some shit to get done not fun but uh that was like the first three hours it was like the first um I think one of the reasons I like rock music or metal music or any of that kind of music in general was um, volume three, the Slipknot album. So, and that was like the reason I started getting into heavy music was uh, because of that. And it's just like a, it's a mask too. So I feel like it's not too personal where it's like, Hey man, look at this picture of you. You know what I mean? Right. Cause he'd be like, that's me. That's weird. Like, I feel like the mask is like a thing. You know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah, it's just like persona. Have, it's just it's like his alter ego in a sense. Um, which is a, the strangers, which is the ironic the song, but also the movie. I don't think uh, what's his name would see it and be like, "Yo, why do you have me on your arm?" It's like, well, it's not really you. It's you with a right. bag on your head. Who you directed know? that? Who was that? Um, fucking, because that's a scary. That's the one with the guys that people have the, the bags over their head yeah. and they come knock on the, the door. One and dude like, has the bag. Um, it was had Liv Tyler in it. Yeah, Scott Liv Tyler Beecher was uh, the guy. Yeah, I had to watch that. That's in a cabin or something, and they get some creepy people to start knocking on the door. Hello. Yeah, Brian Bertino. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. If no one's seen that, I, so you're uh, a big tat guy. You got a lot of tats. A tats. I I started. Uh, it, they all take so long because the guy I go to, he's a realism guy and they just take so fucking long that I'm sick of it for like a, a month or two months. Right. I'm like, I'm not trying to do this. And you got to keep the wrap on for a week and it smells yeah. like cheese. And my girlfriend yeah. gets with me and it she's smells like, good though. Right. It's like, uh, it stinks, but you, you can't not, you're sitting there watching all, TV and you're like, all, all, yeah, I'll do this all week. I'll be like, uh, and I'll yeah. just like be upset with myself. It's like, why did I do that? But, uh, yeah. They just take so fucking long and they really do hurt. Anybody who's like, no, nah, I don't hurt that bad is a fucking lie. No. They hurt so my bad. worst was right here, right under oh. my arm, man. Whew. That was the worst, right under the ribs. Back of the arm hurts too. I've been like, I have like, I don't know if you Oh, Chucky. Yeah, and I have yeah. this, which is the, the character thing I have, and then the Corey Taylor one's up here. And then I have a like a 12-hour a Joker tattoo on my leg, um, which I did in one sitting. Not fun. Yeah. Oh. Uh yeah, and they're expensive as hell. Like, I, it's, it's like, it's too much. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try yeah. and finish my arm this year. Yeah, people are this yeah. year. Some guys but, are like, you know, it's 100 bucks an hour. So it sounds like, how long it take? 12 hours? Oh, it was 1,200 bucks. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh no, yeah. And the guy I go to is way more than that. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's expensive. It's, it's just like it's a drug, I think I have right? Like, I think I have like a thirty or four forty five hundred on my arm. It's not only half done. <sighs> That's a lot. Once you once you start really touring, there there is some weird connection with because you you know you starting festivals, you see other people with tats. You're like, where'd you get that done? Because <laughs> I've got some tattoos from different places. Like I've got a tattoo from Ireland. I got a tattoo I got on that New York Inc. show. Yeah, uh, and some L.A., some Vancouver. So it's almost like now you're like, oh, now it'd be cool to get a tattoo in Japan. I definitely or, was. Or, or, I thought know. that like when I before I got any, I was like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to get them all from everywhere. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the guy that got them all from everywhere. And then I just, and then I only go to one guy. I don't trust anybody else now. Yeah, that's right. If you stick to what you know, when you know, you know, you got a good guy, you just, why yeah, not? He, he's great. So, uh, so, you know, I, uh, I'm just going to stay there. 
But uh, well, I think we better let you go, man. We've taken a bunch of your time. I really I appreciate have you. Have nothing to do. I don't care. Like, <laughs> you can keep me here forever. Like Cara Diaguardi. We we had to let Cara Diaguardi go, and she's like, "No, why? What? what? <laughs> yeah. She yeah, had like her I, husband and a baby, and we're like, no, no, I'm sorry, we got to go. <laughs> yeah, no, I literally have nothing to do. So, if there's any other questions, I'm down. But if you guys need to go, kick me off. We yeah. we do have another podcast uh, that was we put we pushed a little bit to. to we scheduled you guys a little too close together, probably. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. We're it's amateur. all good, man. Great. Yeah. Well, hey, um, thank you guys a lot for Likewise. reaching out about the record for you know, listening to the shit on your own time and asking me to be on here. I, I, I do really appreciate it. Well, thanks for killing it on the song. Uh, that's yeah. uh, I think for us, it's always Great a nervous song. thing when you, when you put it out there for someone else and give them some control, but you, uh, you killed it. Well, I'm glad that you guys kind of wanted us to take control of it because I know like a lot of people would probably kind of stray away from like what we do on our shit because it's like, right. so, it's kind of out there. Um, for the most part, it's definitely not what you hear on the radio, on the active rock radio anyway. Um, so yeah, we both really appreciate you just kind of letting us have at it. Right on, man. Yeah, well, you got it, man. Thanks a lot. No doubt. And, um, and stay safe out there, man. We'll see you out on the road. 2022. Let's get on the road together. 2023 yeah. is looking good. Yeah, for a, for a we're booked for 2030. <laughs> well, I only have a few years left in me, considering I turned 50 today. So yeah, that's right. You're getting yeah, older and older as this goes on. As time goes on. Well, thank All you, right, guys. Man. Peace, you got it, dude. Later. Talk to you later. Uh badass man. Badass, cool guy. Yeah, that was cool. I like him. The He's youth movement that. is strong uh, in music. I think uh, there's lots of exciting stuff. You know, it's it's been a sort of a sad year, I think, in music, but it's like in this weird way, I think a lot of people are like prepping and like uh, because of this, there's going to there's going to be this epic release of like a ton of amazing music in the next five years. Well, we were we were also there like I like how we were discussing. uh, Like, you know, watching a lot of young talent. You know, I think some people, as they get older in a band, they refuse to. They're like, well, you know, they're stuck in their ways. I love it. I love looking at what these younger kids are doing. And I'm just like, that's awesome. Well, how do you even come up with that shit? You know, I'm just kind of blown away. It's just like, it is kind of adapt or die in a sense where uh, I really enjoy kind of having that kind of thing in our music, you know, like strangers. Well, I notice even on like a uh, sort of a industry industry level where, you know, you get people like y- young people injected into, say, management or record labels. I, I think that's exciting because you start getting these new, new fresh ideas that people are just, uh, you know, c- connected to technology, uh, sort of dependent on where, the, you know, when they went through that time. We As, as what I consider an older dog now in this business, I, I have a, still have a hard time understanding how the social stuff really works and how people connect properly, where I feel like that's not an issue for the young people. They grew up and just, it, it all makes sense. Yeah, I, I still, it's, I'm, I have to force myself to like, okay, I got to post something on Instagram and it's a forced thing. It's not well, a we laugh, you know. I, I don't we know. laugh at each other because we we know our fathers, and so it's like we know we're becoming them. And we, you start to like picture your dad doing something, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm becoming my dad now." It's all, yeah. Well, how's this thing? Oh, how's this thing work? I noticed I was fixing something the other day, and I'm like, ah, I'm all breathing heavy. I'm like, "What is going on here?" I'm like, "I'm getting tired." It's totally an old dad. I'm, I'm my dad. <laughs> Maybe something else. Ah, uh, thanks I'm to on. the youth movement. <laughs> Usually, like when I um, I go for walks every day, so it's good to just get out of my house because I don't really go anywhere. It's nowhere for me to go, so I go for walks every day. And uh, when I do, I listen to music, but I I'll, I'll go on like Spotify and I'll listen to what's new or one of those you know new things. Yeah. And it's some of it's so good. Like it's stuff I'd never heard of any of these people. I mean, it's not even bands. It's a lot of us just artists, but I sent you one. I think it was the Dijon. Oh yeah. Yeah. I checked it out. That's I love that song. It's killer. Cool. Cause it was almost like yeah. this kind of, you know, uh, 
very like acoustic uh, folky thing but they had yep. affected the vocals so it sounded like it was 8-bit and stuff and I'm like see right. things I would never think of it's just like adding That's the cool. modern kind of style to an old school kind of sound and I'm like Dave's gonna dig this so yeah I, like I did new stuff like that and that actually kind of triggers creativity for me and then I like my and then I go home and I try to think mm-hmm. of cool to do well, you got to go check out Zero's stuff because if you haven't checked out his stuff yet, uh, it's, he's got so much really great material already available on uh, you know YouTube and and on Spotify and all those stuff. So just go check out his stuff. He's uh, he's really worth uh, the listen. He's got a big following already. He's already got a mil- million followers. I think yeah. on Spotify, which is massive for a guy that uh, I don't think has ever had a full length album come out. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's a super talented guy. And we, we, it was all fluke how we found out about him. It was our A&R guy. We share the same A&R, Pete Gambart. And, and uh, it was his idea to get him on that song. And so we give him all the credit. And he actually, I, I, it was way better than what I thought. I like, I checked him out. I'm like, this stuff's great. And I didn't know what he was going to do. But when I heard it, it was just like, I have no, yeah. I don't know what to say. This is great. No comments. It sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it, it's, it's funny because you, f- you fall in love with stuff when you have uh, music and you have it a certain way. You just, it's like your babies, you know, it's a hard time to like, just let somebody in and, and do what they want. But at the same time, that's kind of like you, like you say, it's the, it's the insp- inspiration. It's inspiring. You, you, you let them do what they want. And then when they do something that blows your mind, you're like, man, that was really awesome. I'm glad I let myself allow you to come into this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Because it's not always easy. Start, starting, it's cool to start like a friendship like that, too, because then, uh, yeah, you can go tour together at some point. Well, I think uh, with rock music, it always has seemed like sometimes it's such a competitive genre. And uh, oh. I, I hated that. I've always hated that about it. I always wanted it, you know, like you see hip hop, everybody features, everybody's in. And I, so I love seeing that he's kind of got that going on. Yeah, we uh, we've bitched about this for years where we're like, OK, we don't do more of these kind of things in our music. And it usually is a massive A&R disaster. It's always usually if it's not on the same label or something, it's just like, nope, they just don't want to do it. So it's usually tough to even it's there's usually so many non-starters of trying to get a guest on one of your songs but uh maybe we'll do more of this stuff on the next record i actually had some ridiculous idea i mean like you know we could do a whole record with every song had a guest on it i mean maybe I kinda, oh yeah oh yeah i love that stuff but who knows but awesome. uh yeah so i hope you enjoyed this uh this podcast from the tyler and dave Band meeting show, whatever it's fucking called. Who knows? Whatever's going. It's irrelevant. Who gives a shit. You've already listened to it, sweet. Tangents. Got you. Tangents. Tangents. <laughs> yeah, make sure you go check us out uh, on all our socials uh, and give us a like, uh, subscribe on our, our pages, and uh, go check out our website, bandmeetingpodcast.com, and the merch. Go get the merch. And, uh, you know, you'll get it in like four months. Because we handcraft them at home. Our moms make them. Exactly. Talk to you all soon. (laughs) 